You are listening to a sermon from MCA Church. To learn more about our community, head online to mcachurch.ca. Thanks. So, um, Ruth Ann and I have been married for 39 years. We notice that often when we arrive at the uh, kitchen table, we're dressed in similar colors for the day. And Keith and I have only been serving together for eight months, and we land up at the same point. So, I'm not sure what that's saying, but you know what? As a pastoral team, we love serving together and having fun, and I'm thankful uh, to be part of the MCA family. So, we continue rhythms of summer, and today is about walking. I remember the day really clearly. The sky was was beautiful blue, the mountains were amazing, and the company, fantastic. The people that I got to do that day with were fantastic. It was in Schladming, Austria, in the heart of the Alps, at a Cape and Ray Bible school, in a program called Upward Bound. And so Upward Bound, it combined uh, elementary mountain climbing skills and hiking and walking. And as we did those things, we would study the scriptures together. We would literally walk together and talk about it and learn together. That was the place where I first discovered a love for walking as well as doing life together with others. Now, I know out there that there are many walkers and hikers amongst us. And you know what some of the the science says these days about the value of walking. You've heard the research of how it's good for our bodies, it's good for our mental health, and when we walk with others, we can deeply connect with them. The Harvard Medical School recently published an article entitled, Better Together, the many benefits of walking with friends. Little quote there, going for a walk with someone not only is good for the body, it stimulates our cognitive and emotion responses by engaging with another person, a double dose of brain health benefits. So there we go, walking, especially with others, is good for the body and the soul and the deep connection. And like learned in Austria, a way of learning together. It's interesting in light of this that in the first century, rabbis often would go for a walk with their disciples and on the way would discuss as they walked together. And we see Rabbi Jesus doing that in the Gospels. We see many scenes in which they were going from one place to another and he would be talking to them and they would be interacting together. Jesus already knew that walking was not only good for the body and the soul, but it could be a deep time of connection together. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to go for a time of walking and talking with Jesus. No extra charge included in our time together this morning. So how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to imagine that we're walking with Jesus And he's having a conversation with us. And we're going to do that through walking through the scriptures together. To start off, we're going to hear specific invitations to us in Matthew chapter 11. 
Now, to listen to this uh, passage, we're going to practice an ancient Christian way of listening and responding to the Word of God. Keith alluded to that already. It's called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina is two Latin words that simply mean sacred or divine reading. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive and active. Lectio Divina is simply one of the helpful ways of reading and listening and paying attention to what God is saying to us in this particular moment. So, some of you are aware of that, that ancient practice of Lectio Divina. Others are new. No worries. Walk you through that together. What I'm going to do is read a passage of Scripture several times and then invite us to a response each time we hear the words of Jesus. So we're walking and listening to what Jesus is saying to us together. So simply, just listen along. First thing is just to listen to the words of Jesus that come to us at the end of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. I'm going to use the message version because this passage, I think, is very familiar to most of us. And here's a fresh way of hearing those words together. So simply listen. Are you tired, worn out, burnt burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Invitations of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to read it again now. I'd like for each of us to ask, Lord, what is the particular word or phrase that you want to highlight to me? Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lord, what is that word or phrase that you want me to pay attention to? Okay, I'm going to read the words of Jesus again. This time, let's ask him, what is the connection between that word or phrase and what's going on in our life right now? Hear the words of Jesus. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Ask God, what is the connection between the word or phrase and what's happening in your life right now?
And one final time, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now let's take a few moments and just talk to God to pray. Let's talk to God about what he's saying to us and how that connects with our life. Let's pray. Amen. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active. You know, part of the power of God's word is there are probably 250 plus of us in this room. And probably the invitation and the application is slightly different for each one of us. And Jesus walks with us. On the road, walking with Jesus, he always has all kinds of invitations For the rest of our time, what I'd like for us to do is zero in on a particular invitation that he has for us in this passage. And we find it specifically in that little phrase, with me. And this paraphrase repeated four times. Jesus says, get away with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Keep company with me. Jesus' invitation of with me. So, we're about to walk into September. We're about to, in some ways, return to the normal rhythms of life, right? Those who have kids or you're in school, return to the school mode. Sometimes our work situations ramp up. Sometimes uh, if we're retired, there's perhaps less mobility. Maybe there's less opportunities to get out and about. We walk into the rhythms of September, and we don't know what the future holds for us. So what is the uh, the invitation of Jesus to walk with him as we enter into that particular mode? How does one live out the with me part of this invitation? Well, here Jesus is drawing us into the very heart of our connection and our relationship with God. The fact that the very essence of our being is life with God. So let's go for a walk with Jesus through some of the scriptures and see how our very inner life is connected to his presence. Let's go to the Genesis story, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And we read there, Then God, the Lord God, formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Notice that little phrase, breath of life. It's the Hebrew word ruah, 
Ruach can mean spirit, spirit of God, can mean wind, can mean air. We see this picture, we don't have a lot of details, but God breathing into the first human being, Adam, the presence of his spirit. And as a result, a human being was formed and came to life. God's life breathed into Adam. God's life breathed into human being is the very essence of what it means to be a person. Physical life and spiritual life by God's presence. It's an incredible picture of how God has formed us and shows the intention of how we're meant to live. We have a physical life, but we also have life that only comes through God's present in us. And he does that in a very intimate way. It says he breathed in nostril to nostril. Now, once again, we we don't have a lot of information. Some scholars suggest this might be our pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity in this creation time, a bullying life. We don't know. But God chose to bring in life, instill life in a very intimate way, nostril to nostril, face to face. In Scripture, so often we are invited to seek the face of God. For example, three times, uh, there are a lot more, but it's the, the invitation for us to seek His face. First Chronicles, look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Psalm 27, verse 8, my heart says of you, seek his face, your face, God, I will seek. Psalm 105, look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always. Once again, scholars suggest this is calling people to remember from the very beginning, it's God who's the source of life in our invitation to once again seek him for life and his presence. The Maori people are historic inhabitants of New Zealand. And uh, one of the things they're known for is a haka. Are any rugby fans out there? So they sort of slowly put their hands up. So rugby fans, uh, New Zealand All Blacks is their rugby team. And at the beginning of the game, they, they sort of adapt the haka of the Maori people and do it for the opposition team. If you've never seen it, do a Google uh, search. It's terrifying. If I was the opposing team, I would put up the white flag, said, you guys win, and let's go out for coffee and just kind of chill together. It's terrifying. But actually, reality, the Maori people are amazing. They have so many rich customs and practices. They're fantastic storytellers, and they have a long oral tradition. They have another ritual that's fascinating in light of what we've just been talking about in creation. It's called the hungi. And the hungi is something that they practice when family members get together, or they're inviting someone, an outsider, to come in and be welcome and be part of the community. And it looks something like that, this. Two friends or two people would stand uh, together 
uh, eye to eye, grab each other's shoulders, lean in, go forehead to forehead, nose to nose, look into each other's eyes, and breathe. We're going to practice that in the foyer afterwards. <laughs> and the medical people are saying, no! Get close and intimate and connected, and you actually share the same air. In Maori, apparently, the language, gi, that, that word gi means air, life. No one knows the origin of that practice, but I wonder if there's some kind of ancient memory back to the beginning, to creation, when God got up face to face with human being and breathed in his life and his presence, and he did that in a very intimate way. No wonder that God says to us in Psalm 27, verse 8, my heart says to you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. God, in this very intimate expression, invites us into his space and gives us not only physical life, but the life in his presence. Just a couple moments. Just focus on our breath. Just focus on our breath. We breathe in and out. In and out. Okay? Imprinted in our physiology, in our body, is the fact that we need something outside of ourselves. We need oxygen. If for some reason oxygen was cut off right now, we, were, we would not last very long. Our physical bodies need air. They need oxygen. Hardwired into our bodies and the way that uh, we're put together is a reminder is that we need life outside of ourself. And ultimately, the presence of God who leads, who gives us life. The presence of God to be truly alive, to be truly human, and to live. We need his presence. The Genesis story continues. And we observe in Genesis 3, another scene from the garden. Verse 8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Let's just pause the story there. Okay, so what do we see? Well, we see God walking with, with Adam and Eve. Once again, we don't have a lot of details, but we see that God, one of his rhythms was to hang out with Adam and Eve and to spend time together walking and it says in the cool of the day. Uh, in the tropics, Ruthanna and I lived in uh, Venezuela for a number of years, and it was an interesting thing that happened about an hour before sunset. It was literally the cool of the day. The sun would be going down. Often there would be a breeze. And it was a time where actually a number of people would go out walking before it got dark. And of course, Eden, near the equator, this time in which the sun was going on, the pattern we see of God was to go and walk with his kids. Sadly, we know how the story continues. 
rather than walking, rather than seeking God's face. They turned away. Let's continue to read. Verse 8 into verse time. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where'd you go? We know the background of the story that rather than following God, Adam and Eve chose to do their own thing and turned away. Tremendously sad. And to this day, we know our tendency is rather than seeking God's face, I, we tend to turn away and look for our life and our oxygen from other stuff. Jeremiah expresses so powerfully in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. He says this, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Jeremiah switches the imagery a little bit, uses water, soft, but rather than coming to me, the source of water, they've dug their own wells. A picture, my tendency, our tendency, your tendency. God invites us back. God invites us from independence to once again dependence upon him. Thankfully, here is not the end of the story. Let's fast forward to the New Testament, to, John, to um, Jesus' words in John chapter 20 context, Jesus is about to leave, and he's um, saying, obviously, some very important things to his disciples, and he's saying some very important things to us this morning. It says this in John chapter 20, verse 21 to 22. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was about to depart, and he had some important things to say to them. Oh, there's so many good things in this passage. Just want to highlight two of them. First of all, notice once again that Jesus breathed upon them. Many scholars suggest again that this is reminding them of the Genesis story. That once again, God is breathing his life into his people the presence of Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I sent you, that Jesus' life was walking with the Father, relying upon the Holy Spirit. And he was reminding his disciples, now you have the invitation to walk in the same way, to walk with the Father, in reliance upon the Holy Spirit, in an interdependent relationship, interdependence. We return now to Matthew chapter 11, those, those invitation words that we saw at the beginning of our time together where Jesus says, with me, get away with me, walk with me, work with me, keep company with me. That's our invitation to walk with Jesus through the day. Literally, to walk with Jesus through the day. And our reality is this, Jesus is always present to us. Our challenge 
is that we're not always present to Jesus, right? And one of the invitations of God is to begin to discover ways of consciously returning to him during the daytime, during interrupting the normal flow of our day so that once again we return to him and acknowledge his presence. Now, there's all kinds of ways of doing that. Obviously, first and foremost is having some kind of regular time with him, in the morning and the evening, our quiet time, devotions, whatever we want to call hugely important. There are other ways. We'll highlight some of those as we walk through the fall uh, in uh, some of the preaching series that will be coming. It was really great. But I'd like to suggest one that we can take away this morning that's a way in which we can create space so that we can walk together with Jesus into September. Call this little practice uh, a sila, living in the sila moments. Sila moments. Now, most of you know that sila is that little word that we find in the Psalms. And uh, you see kind of a paragraph, and then you see the word sila, and then another paragraph. Um, no one really knows how to best translate that word. Some suggest it was a musical term. Uh, some suggest it meant pause or, or prelude. What we do know for certain is that when the, sh- the word shows up, selah, there's a change from one part of the psalm to another part. There's a transition almost from one theme to another, one mood to another, selah. And it's interesting in our daily lives, we have all, all kinds of sila moments, don't we? When we're going from one thing to another. So, you know, like walking to the car or walking to the car into work or getting up from our desk and going to the water cooler or going and visiting a friend or going shopping or walking to school. There's these tween times that are sila moments. And one possibility it's to use those time to interrupt our usual head noise and to return to Jesus. What could that look like? Well, a little practice that uh, I've been doing lately that's been really helpful. It's really practical, really easy. And it's based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. Three little steps in those interlude time of And it says this, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And what that looks like is rejoice, just take a moment, what am I delighting in right now? And then pray, okay, so what am I going to pray about? And then thanks, what am I thankful for right now? It's really simple. And it's a way that in the sila moments of the day, we can live in practically to that invitation of Jesus to walk with him, to keep company with him, to return to him. The nice thing is people don't need to know what's happening. We can be in the checkout line uh, at Superstore. We'd be filling up the, the car with gas. Can even be talking with a person. Some of you don't kind of zone out, you know, when we're talking to the person. But we can rejoice. We can pray in that moment. We can give thanks. Simple practice that brings us back to walking. 
So friends, we're about to walk into the day, (laughs) walk into a new week, walk into September. The invitation of Jesus to us this morning. Remember, I'm present. I'm the source of life. Walk with me. Work with me. Come to me. Get away with me. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Triune God, thank you for uh, just the power that we see of your invitation to walk with you. But beyond that, from the very beginning of how you wired human life uh, to depend on you, just as we're breathing in the moment, we need your presence. And Lord, thank you that um, walking with you can be literally walked out through the day. And so, Lord, would you continue to guide us? And thank you now that we get to celebrate uh, communion together, which is such a powerful invitation, once again, to your presence. So thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.